Bill Buckley here. I want to invite you to join me this summer on a trip of a lifetime to both Israel and Jordan. I'm teaming up again with Pastor Ralph Yankee Arnold for this life-changing pilgrimage. Come see the biblical sites you've read about. Jerusalem, Mount of Olives, Sea of Galilee, Jericho, Jordan River, Nazareth, Bethlehem, Petra, and so much more. Your cost is just $45.95, double occupancy, including round-trip air from Tampa, two meals a day, private Wi-Fi motor coach, Israeli and Jordanian guides. Space is very limited. A 700 deposit secures your spot with final payment not due until May the 10th, giving you time to budget. To see all the places on our 10-day pilgrimage to Israel and Jordan, June 24th through July 4th, go to BillBunkley.com. That's BillBunkley.com. BillBunkley.com. Or call me at 813-264-2977. That's 813-264-2977. That he might give eternal life that I might live and turn my darkness. Let's see, we're studying somewhere in the book of Acts, right? Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Interesting scriptures here. Because we talked a little bit about last week about being deep and wide. Christians ought to be deep in their faith and go out wide. But some Christians are not deep. They're, just, they're wide, but uh, they're easily offended because their roots are not deep in the Lord. And that's uh, something that needs to be dealt with because they need to be. Now, I want you to look there in chapter 16 and look in verse 5. So what he's telling us is what they were doing was to establish the church and the faith. Establish means that they are strengthening them. They're making them stable. The church is, is a reflection of the people that are in the church. How would you classify Calvary Community Church? Are we a strong church? Are we stable? Are we doctrinally clean and pure? Do you think we believe the Bible and practice the Bible? you think we got some good people working in place of leadership and all that? I think we do. And I've been to a lot of places, and so I'm thankful for what we have. Remember last Sunday I talked a little bit about beware of the uh, mega church syndrome, where you think we measure success by the size of a church, how many people come. Well, you get right down to it. It's people who make the decision where they go to church, right? Because you could all decide this morning not to come back next week. And everybody in church can do that. Okay, so the church, and here's the pastor and the elders and deacons. We all showed up. <laughs> and all the people, nobody showed up. Wouldn't that be disappointing, though? Discouraging? Yeah, a little bit. But whether or not we are doing the job or not is not based upon whether or not you responded correctly or not. And if everybody decides to go to some little uh, church down the road, and they only run 50 people, and because everybody that Sunday decided to go down there, and now they had 5,000 in church last Sunday. That means it's the people are really grounded and really deep in the Lord and really know the word. Or because sometimes you have people that are, and it's true, 
there are preacher lovers. If they find out that the preacher is not going to be in church service, a particular service, do you know that there's people who have a tendency not to come to church that service? Because, well, if the preacher's not going to be there, I can miss this time. Nobody will know. And anyway, and then you have some people that go to church if they're having a special. And so they'll come if they're having a special. But what if you didn't have the special? Well, then they won't come. So sometimes we have singing groups or a special speaker because we're trying to get a few extra people because, you know, we know not everybody comes out to hear the word. If people came to the church just to hear the word, well, then the church would be packed. But most people want to be entertained. And so we have a good choir, and I think we've got a good firehouse five. But we cannot compete with the world. The world has so much more to offer than what we will be able to offer. There's so much music we wouldn't be able to have here. So there's things that we're not going to have because we're not going to conform to the world to be like the world in order to reach the world. We want to try to take a church and you keep believing and teaching what it says to be established. So you do what you do because there's got to be a certain amount of people who do what they do because they love the Lord. Now look in verse 6. This is one of the most difficult passages of scriptures. It caused me a problem for a long time. Because, you know, sometimes we say, well, we depend upon the Holy Spirit to lead us as we witness, but we don't depend upon the Holy Spirit to lead us to witness, because to witness is a command. We're already commanded to do it, but we depend upon the Holy Spirit to lead us as we go, and uh, therefore we believe that's, that's good and proper. But there's a problem that I had with a little bit of these scriptures here because I want you to see it. Look in verse 6. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygiae and the regions of Galatia and were, get this, forbidden of the Holy Spirit to go to preach the word in Asia. What? Going to all the world and preach the gospel. I didn't know that there was a place that you shouldn't go. Or a time that you shouldn't go. And why would the Holy Spirit forbid them to go into Asia? And that just didn't sit right with me. Now, I'm, I'm not in charge of the Bible. But I read that and that, that bothered me. Are there some people that God doesn't want to hear the gospel? Well, I have to admit I was a little taken back by that. Wouldn't you be? What if it says... All right, apostles, I want y'all to go into all the world, but do not go to Tampa. Don't go to Tampa. Well, why not, Lord? Well, there's some people over there, and I don't want them to hear the gospel. Uh, That just didn't seem right. And look in verse 7. After they were come to Mysia, they assaged. Actually, just means they were uh, attempted to go into Bethina. But the Spirit... Suffered them not or did not permit them. What? They were going to go to another place and the Holy Spirit wouldn't give them permission to go there. Now why? Wouldn't that cause you a little bit of a problem? I thought we'd go anywhere, anywhere, anytime. But evidently there's a a higher purpose that we don't know about. Is it true that God doesn't want some people to hear the gospel? I can't believe that. I just can't believe that. 
So then he says in verse 8, and they passing by, Mysia, came down to Troas, which is the ancient city of Troy. They passed by one town to get to another. Well, why didn't you stop and get the people in that town? That doesn't make sense. Look in verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Now, I want you to see something here. Look there in Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. And let's just start there in verse 8. In verse 8 of chapter 19. He says, and he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Disputing and persuading. Now, but when divers were hardened, that means different people hardened, and believed not, but spake evil of that way, which is the Christian way, Christ's way, Before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. Now, so not everybody was always receptive to the gospel. And so um, they departed from them and went another way because of the hardness of their heart. Is it possible that God knows who will believe and who won't believe? And... He said because of the hardness of their heart, they left that place and went to another one. And then they was there for how long? Three months. Three months. And then this says in verse 9, departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of Tyrannus. So evidently there was a, a Bible college there. And it says this in verse 10. And this continued by the space of Two years. So that, now get this, all that which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Now, where were they forbidden to go over there in chapter 16? What place? Where did he tell them not to go to? You'll notice what he says in verse 6. And were forbidden of the Holy Spirit to preach the word in where? In Asia. Now you notice he goes to this place, has a Bible college, trains a lot of people for a couple years, and next thing you know, all which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus. Both Jews and Greeks. It was the timing, not them going, but there was more people spread out And he had trained more people. And so now they preached the gospel to all of those people that we thought a while ago wasn't going to hear the gospel. So the Lord didn't change his mind about winning people or reaching people. It's timing. And sometimes when you and I witness to people, isn't it true that some people are receptive and some people are not? Some people, you let them go, and maybe a couple years later, they've softened up a little bit. And sometimes the problems of the world slap them around a little bit, and lo and behold, they're ready to listen. 
I've had some people that will give me the cold shoulder, didn't want to hear it, one iota, and then they have a loved one die, and I get to do the funeral. And guess who's sitting there? Because generally they will go to a funeral or maybe to a wedding. And so that's why at a funeral or a wedding, it's a good time to go fishing. And so you get a chance to finally reach those people and say the things that you want to. It's uh, hard to believe this, but um, it's true. It's been about eight years since I preached at the, uh, the Unregistered Baptist Fellowship. And I wanted to, but I had to wait. And so finally they, uh, they asked me if I would come and speak. Because I would determine, I want to give them a good dose of the gospel. Now who in the world would want to preach the gospel to Baptist preachers? I mean, they already know that. Do they? Are they all on the same page? Well, anyway, the guy that headed it up, he wrote me nice little notes stating that um, I really appreciate your clear presentation of the gospel. And so um, I was wondering how it was going to be received, but I thank the Lord. Because now they were probably ready where before they may not have been. So there's times when you can talk to a person about a problem. For example, if you have a couple kids and you know somebody's done something that they shouldn't have done, you're going to have to talk to them. You say, well, maybe now's not the right time. Maybe I need to wait till tomorrow. And sometimes I'll have people that will call me up and say, I, I got this problem and it's very serious and I need to have you counsel me, talk to me about this thing, how to solve this problem. And I said, well, I appreciate that. I says, uh, and if it's like just on a Monday, I said, look, um, I've got an opportunity or an opening on Thursday at 3 o'clock. Well, that's four days later. And generally, by four days later, they've solved the problem. And most people would rather not tell the preacher their problem because they don't want after the situation is settled to know he knows I had a problem and he knows I was wrong and he knows what a hard time I, well, they don't want you to know that. So I've had sometimes I will try to cancel them and talk to them and when I tell them what they're supposed to do, they solve the problem and then they never come back to church again. Some people don't want people to know I had a problem because especially a guy, he likes to think I'm macho. And I don't, I don't have a problem. We all got problems. But no, a woman will a lot of times seek counseling. And a man, I don't want nobody to know my business. I'm not going to go to a man and confess and say I was wrong. <laughs> it doesn't matter if we are. But we don't like doing it. Just, that's just the man thing. Now some people, I guess, are either, we were someplace. <laughs> yeah, with my sister Kay the other day. And I says, Kay, I really don't know where she lives. Well, Yankee... Stop and ask somebody. I says, I will not. <laughs> I'm driving the car. I guess I'd drive for another hour looking before I will stop and ask somebody. So I finally did. I finally asked. And uh, I hate doing that. I hate admit I'm wrong. That's the hardest words in the world. I mean, we go back here to chapter 16. Now you notice the Holy Spirit can forbid you. Now, how did the Holy Spirit tell them or forbid them? Well, like we just read while ago, some people are hardened, and so 
you keep looking for some good ground. And if all that ground is hard and nobody wants to believe, okay, then find some other piece of ground and sow some seeds over there. And if that's good, that's just stay there and teach some more. Or if that gets hard and nobody wants to go, go someplace else, but always keep doing and keep looking for places to sow seed because you want the seed to grow. And notice now in verse 8, and as they passed by, this one town, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to them, to Paul, in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and asked him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we delivered to go, or endeavored to go into Macedonia. Now, up in verse 7, it's they, they. Now it changes to we. So many believe this is when the, uh, you know, Luke joined the apostle Paul and went with him because he, he wrote the book of Acts and he wrote the book of Luke. And so now it's changed from they to we and uh, believing that this is when he joined the group with Paul. And he says, come over. In verse 10, and after he had seen the vision immediately, we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Now, notice this, immediately. When they knew what God wanted them to do, immediately they did it. When they knew that the Holy Spirit says no, they obeyed. When it says go by this place, they did that. In other words, depending upon the Lord to lead you as you go. And some things will make sense and some things just may not make sense. It wasn't until just recently I saw that up there from verse 6. Why were they forbidden to go into Asia? And I realized when I read chapter 19, and I saw that again, they reached everybody in Asia. But it was later. But it was timing because there was something else that might have been more important of the people that they were going to reach. So they knew all about this, uh, the Lord did, about this woman named Lydia, a seller of purple who was sitting by the riverside. You ever heard that song? Down by the riverside, down by... This is where she was, down by the riverside. But anyway, first of all, notice in verse 10 when he says, Assuredly, gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Assuredly, gathering. In other words, what were you using to make this determination? How do you know that you shouldn't go there and you should go here? And, uh, well, they said that the Holy Spirit told them not to go there, and they had a vision to go here. So we gathered the information together, and we weighed it, and we looked at it, and came to the conclusion, this is what we should do. I um, also um, wrote down a little scripture reference that I thought might shed a little light on this. Look in 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians in chapter... 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And notice what he says here. Started in verse 5. Look in verse 5. This is on page 1228. And verse 5 says, Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia. For I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, 
that you may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. In other words, he's talking about they're going to bring him on his journey. In other words, they're taking up an offering. And so when he comes through, they're going to give it to him. He's a missionary and, and fund his, uh, his missionary journey. So then he says this in verse 7. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you. And get this, you ought to underline this. If the Lord permit. In other words, I may have permission from the Lord and I may not. In other words, it may work out and it may not work out. I might be able to and I might not be able to. And so this is why sometimes we say, well, I'll do this, uh, Lord willing. Lord willing. You ever know the people who throw that in there? Lord willing. In other words, if it's the Lord's will. In other words, if I can and uh, the Lord opens a door. Sometimes there's a door, but it's closed. So some people like to get a, you know, a sledgehammer and a crowbar and pry open the door when God says no. And so sometimes people want to go against what God wants. But now notice another verse. He says in verse 9, For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. So Paul also went by, there's an open door or there's a closed door. What do you mean by having an open door? An opportunity. There's an opportunity. Great adversaries, but it's an opportunity. So the Lord may close the door by not giving you the opportunity. He may permit some things and he may not permit others. So we're always wanting to know the will of God in our life. Now, if Paul had gone anyway, he probably could have led some people to the Lord, but he might have missed out on something that he was supposed to do in another place. And maybe he would not have been where he was in order to train some people for two years in the Bible college so that they could reach the whole place of Asia. So you look at these things and you try to study from a perspective. I know the Great Commission and therefore, I judge everything by what we do and don't do by what is it helping us to fulfill the Great Commission. Now, go back there to the book of Acts in chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. And you'll notice what he says here in um, verse 12. He came to this place here and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia. And a colony, which is, uh, I mean, it's a, belongs to Rome, and, but it's a free city. That means they didn't have to pay taxes. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath, which is a Saturday, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which, were, which resorted there. So it's in a public place. There were some women there, and they got a chance to witness. Now, if they hadn't have come here, they would not have been able to reach those people here at that time. But it could have been because there was a woman that, um, whose name was Lydia in verse 14. A certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God. Now, later on, you'll study about the church at Thyatira in the book of Revelation in chapter 3. So the church has to get started somehow, some way. Whose heart the Lord 
open because they heard the word and they worshiped the Lord. And she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If we or ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. So this is the fellowship in the Lord. And talking about the fellowship of the gospel. And talking about when she heard and understood and attended unto the things which Paul had said. Hold your place right here. Look in Philippians chapter 1. Philippians and chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. And you'll notice that this is also a place called a Philippi. And uh, this is where some of the things that were talked about or makes places. Because in Acts chapter 16 and verse uh, 12 talks about and from thence to Philippi, which is what he also went to. So the book of Philippians... Look in verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy, and get this, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. See, your fellowship is in the gospel. Do we believe the same thing? See, there's a lot of preachers that I cannot fellowship with. We just don't have that bond when I know that they're not clear on the gospel. And I just don't trust them. When I don't trust them is a problem. And so um, something to keep in mind as you read and study the scriptures, you're always looking for little keys, things that help you to understand what he's talking about. But you got to understand what was the purpose of Paul to preach the gospel and some things about Paul and why he did what he did and uh, where he went, where he went, when he did it. So go back there to uh, chapter 16 of Acts. And makes a statement in uh, verse 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, a woman, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. In other words... Trying to tell the future. Everybody always wants to know what's going to happen in the future. Have you ever drove down the, a road and you see a sign up there about, you know, uh, some lady that wants to read your palm, you know, the palm readers. And so they got palm readers and they've got uh, the horoscopes and all that. Probably some of y'all might have read your horoscope this morning to see whether or not you should go to church or not. Or if you've got a business transaction tomorrow, it might be... Uh, it says, wait till Tuesday. Also, so you go by that. I can't do anything unless I study my horoscope and see what I'm supposed to do. That's slop. Stay away from that junk. You want to know the future? Read the Bible. And he also says this in the book of James. We know not what shall be on tomorrow. And that includes those nuts that are always trying to tell you what they know what's going to happen tomorrow. I have not had headaches for so long. I don't forget what one felt like. And then it all came back to me. <laughs> it all came back to me. And so three days of it, but I had not, that it wasn't on my schedule. I mean, why did that have to happen? I didn't plan that. 
And God didn't even tell me in advance it was going to have a problem. And I feel like I'm as close to the Lord as I know anybody can get. I don't know how you can get any closer unless you just leave here and go there. But evidently, there's a lot of things God has not told me. So I guess I'm just have to take it by faith. Just live today. And that song we just sung just a minute ago. I don't know about what? Tomorrow. And so, but I know who holds tomorrow. That's the key. That's the key. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.